The singing of the doxology by the PCC student body begins Pensacola Christian College Chapel. At each chapel service, students have an opportunity to receive spiritual exhortation and enrichment during a time of music and meditation on God's Word. This podcast shares selected recent chapel messages from guest speakers, faculty, and staff. Welcome to the PCC Chapel Podcast. Let's go one more time in the Word of God. Let's go to the book of Exodus, chapter number 21. And would you stand to your feet with me for the reading of God's Word? Way up in the balcony. Good to see you tonight. You must not be afraid of heights. You're up there. Wow. That's a long way to fall. Please don't do it. Exodus 21. Listen, I still hear pages. If you are still looking for Exodus, <laughs> I am glad you came to Bible College. <laughs> you need help. <laughs> All right. Now these are the judgments which thou shalt set before them. If thou buy an Hebrew servant, six years he shall serve, and in the seventh he shall go out free for nothing. If he came in by himself, he should go out by himself. If he were married, then his wife should go out with him. If his master had given him a wife, and he had borne him sons or daughters, the wife and her children shall be her masters. He shall go out by himself. And if the servant shall plainly say, I love my master, my wife, and my children, I will not go out free. Then his master shall bring him to the judges. He shall also bring him to the door and to the doorpost. And his master shall bore his ear through with an awl. And he shall serve him forever. 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 Our Father, with the help of the Holy Ghost of God, I pray that I would preach exactly what you want me to say. I believe, I believe with all my heart that out of all of eternity and all of the places on planet Earth and all of the things I could be doing with all of the different groups of people I could be assembled with that tonight I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. Now, God, you did your part to get me where I belong. Please, God, help me to do my part to say what you want me to say. Bind the devil. Prevent him from interfering to him. Thank you for letting me be here this week. Now, watch over my precious wife, Bethany, and my family. While I'm gone, protect them. Now meet with us tonight, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. Well, if you work a job for a long time, without a doubt, you're looking forward to retirement. If you are retired in the room tonight, would you raise your hand? If you're retired, all right. Number of these folks, the happiest people in the building. Retirement. 
Put your time in now so you can enjoy life later. Work now so you don't have to work later. Everybody's anticipating the day when he doesn't have to work for anybody. As a pastor, I have people in my church that are saying to me now, one more year, pastor. Eight more months, pastor. Six months, pastor. Three months, pastor. They get to one month and you go, you know what? I got enough sick leave. I think I'll just do it now. And I'm telling you, there's a man in my church who moved to Northern Virginia from New Jersey for one reason. He and his wife were retired and his grandchildren lived in Virginia. He said, I'm going to do what I want to do and I'm going to play and spend time with my grandchildren. That's the great thing about grandchildren. You take them from their parents, you get tired of them, you give them back. Amen. Freedom. Get up when I want to get up. Do what I want to do. Go to lunch when I want to go to lunch. Take vacation when I want to take vacation without asking anybody permission. It's, it's just the joy of calling your own shots, answering to nobody, and knowing because you're not responsible to work for someone, you are free. But here in Exodus 21, the story is quite the contrary. You see, we have a servant. From the day he started working, he is looking forward to the day when he is free. The seventh year, he has the right to go out free. It's at his disposal. The option is on the table. All he has to do is take advantage of it. It's his. No one will blame him. No one will degrade him. Nobody will demean him. No one will tell him, shame on you. This is what the law specifies. In the seventh year, you can go out free. And I guarantee you, like these folks in the church, he's counting down the days. I mean, one more year, eight more months, six more months, three more months, one more month. In a few days, according to the law, I'm out of here. Master ain't going to tell me what to do. Ain't going to tell me when to get up. Ain't going to tell me when to come home. Ain't going to tell me what job I've got to do. I'm going to call my own shots. I'm going to make my own schedule free, 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 free. And he gets to that day and says, nope. What's wrong with him? Who in the world would have freedom at his disposal and turn it down? Who in the world would have the option not to work for anybody and say, no, I think I will. Somebody tell me from way up there, why in the world would a guy who's been longing to be off the hook from a job arrive at that juncture and say, nope, I won't. He's found something. He's found somebody. He's discovered an experience. He has, he has entered an arena of life where although he can, he will not. Although it's offered, he turns it down. Although he longed for it, it's overrated. Something has happened in his life. And although he served six years and is entitled freedom in the seventh year, his job has no preset limit. His tenure will never expire. He's found a spot where he intends to stay with the right of freedom at his disposal and doing his own thing in his grasp. He makes it very clear, I will not go out free. You know, it seems to me as a pastor, seems to me as a parent, seems to me as a man, seems to me as a husband, seems to me as a father, seems to me as a Christian, that everywhere I turn, Christian people are looking for freedom. As the truth of the matter is, Christian young people are looking for freedom. 
Oh, to have the day when as a young person, I can listen to what I want to listen to. I can wear what I want to wear. I can go where I want to go. I can act how I want to act. I can hang out with what I hang out with, who I want to hang out with. I can date who I want to date. I can stay out as long as I want to stay out. Listen, nobody tells me what to do. Nobody checks what I'm doing on the internet. Nobody tells me what time to get to class. Nobody tells me what to wear. Nobody tells me what the rules are. Oh, to get to the day when I get freedom. No Bible is thumping the rules across my brow. No pastor is putting his finger down the pulpit and telling me you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't go here and here and you shouldn't do that because I'm longing for the day where I can have some kind of Christianity with freedom, 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 freedom. I wonder if there's a boy or girl, a man or woman, somebody in the room that will find his way, find her way into the experience that this bond servant discovered in Exodus 21. Said, yeah, I could. Yeah, it's at my disposal. Yeah, I can walk out of here tonight, regardless of what Pensacola Christian College says, regardless of what my parents say, regardless of what this preaching says, regardless of what this Bible says. I can walk out of this room tonight, listen to what I want to listen to, go where I want to go, do what I want to do, say what I want to say, act how I want to act, and nobody can stop me. I'm grown. I have a free will. Yes, there are expectations of me in a Christian college, but nobody can make me do right. I can do whatever. I have that freedom, but I wonder if there's somebody like this servant that says, I found a spot. I found a somewhere. I found a somebody where although it's at my disposal, although the option is on the table, although I may have been longing for it, I've discovered something in this thing of serving God. I've discovered something in this thing of Bible-believing Christianity. I've discovered something in this thing of selling out to Jesus Christ that although I could, although it's offered, although many around me are taking advantage of it. I've decided to follow Jesus and I will not go out free. I'd like to interview this guy tonight. I'd like to ask him, why'd you stay? Why in the world did you stay when you could have left? Because I think he's going to help us tonight. Because you have to make some decisions. Early on in this semester, you're going to live free or you're going to live faithful. See, 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 the choice is up to you. Whether or not you're a Christian that lives just as free as you want to live, do what you want to do, please yourself. Or whether or not you're a child of God that says, no, I don't want freedom. I'll turn down freedom and instead I'll be faithful. I'll just plug down like a tree planted by the rivers of water. I shall not be moved. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to love God. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to consecrate my life to God. I could be free, but I'll choose to be faithful. I'm going to tell you something by personal experience. Freedom may look good, but it can't shake a stick at faith. So here he is. He's right up here beside me. You see him? Tell him good evening. Yeah, thank you, three of you. Let's ask him. Why in the world, when you had the right in the seventh year to go out free, did you turn it down? Because there's a bunch of students out here, Pensacola Christian College tonight. They're sitting right down here, whole bunch of, look, 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 look up there. They're way up there. They look like ants, but I promise you, they're people. And they're contemplating in the 21st century and whether or not the Christian life is worth turning down freedom. You've got to help them tonight. Tell them why you said I will not. I think, first of all, he'd say, I have an incredible master. I have an incredible master. Look, 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 go back and look again at 
Exodus 21. These are the judgments which thou shalt set before them. If thou buy and Hebrew serve. Well, tell us about this incredible master. I think he said, this incredible master made an eager pursuit of me. If thou buy. That means he went looking for me. He, he searched me and he spotted me. He, he not only made an eager pursuit of me, but he made an expensive purchase of me. If thou buy and Hebrew serve. I think this fellow would say, I didn't come for free. He bought enough of me to pay a price for me. So he made an eager pursuit. He made an expensive purchase. But I think this fellow would also say, my master gave me extensive provisions. You see, I live with my master. Tell us what you get by living with your master. Well, I get adequate food. I get abundant fortune. I get an amazing family and I get awesome fulfillment. Listen, I'm telling you, this bond servant, every bond servant, according to Exodus 21, he could say this. When he lived with his master, his master fed him. When he lived with his master, his master gave him fortune. When he lived with his master, his master gave him a family. When he lived with his master, his master gave him fulfillment. I think this fellow would say, yeah, I could leave the house and do my own thing, but why in the world would I leave the house and do my own thing when I got an incredible master that made an eager pursuit of me, made an expensive purchase of me, and has given extensive provisions for me? I don't have to be a genius. I ain't going to get it any better than I have it here. Wait a minute now. Some of you ought to say amen because you can tell where I'm about to go and I didn't even go there yet. <laughs> Every time the devil comes along and plants seeds of abandonment and desertion away from the things of God. You ought to corral the reins of your brains and talk some sense into yourself. The next time the devil serves on a silver platter, the mirage of a better life, living for the devil and living for yourself and living in the world, instead of having to ask a bunch of people who've already been out there how bad it is, why don't you start talking to yourself about your master? Because every single one of us, like this bondservant, has an incredible master. He made an eager pursuit of you. Listen, when you weren't looking for Jesus, Jesus was looking for you. Aren't you glad he looked beyond your faults and he saw your need? But wait a minute now. He not only made an eager pursuit of you, he made an expensive purchase of you. For as much as you know, you and I redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from the vain conversation received by tradition of your fathers with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. What? Know ye not your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own. You're bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's. And he is the propitiation for our sins and not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. Scarcely for a righteous men, some would dare or die, some dare would die. Yet for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God committed his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And he had made him, speaking of Jesus, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Listen, when there wasn't a rose red enough, there wasn't a lamb white enough, there wasn't a man good enough. God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law. All of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. We had no way to get to heaven on our own, but this master that we call Jesus paid the price that we couldn't pay for ourselves. He laid his life down. He gave up the ghost. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. 
the next time you think about quitting on God, leaving Bible college and going to the life of the world and throwing away your calling and forgetting about everything God's done in your heart in every chapel service, remind yourself who was looking for you when you couldn't find yourself, who died for you when you couldn't die for yourself, who paid the price you couldn't pay for yourself, who shed his blood when nobody else could and nobody else would. It wasn't Muhammad, it wasn't Buddha, it wasn't Mary, it wasn't your pastor, it wasn't your mama, it wasn't your daddy, it was Jesus. How in the world would you find a better master than him? He's given extensive provision to you. Your food comes from him. Yeah. Oh, taste and season, the Lord is good. Open thou mine eyes, and I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey, than the honeycomb. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Therefore I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right. And I hate every false way. Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day and night. This book of the law should not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate there and night, that thou mayest observe it according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. The grass withered, the flower faded, but the word of God shall endure forever. Sanctify them by thy truth for thy word is truth. It is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to dividing a son of the soul and spirit and the joints and the marrow and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The world can feed you a whole bunch of stuff, but nobody's going to feed you better than this book. God took 40 men over 1600 period of time and produced a manuscript that's inspired, infallible and inerrant from cover to cover. It's still the bestseller. The B-I-B-L-E yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God. The B-I-B-L-E it's a perfect word, a prophetic word, a preserved word, a preeminent word, a probing word, a potent word, a powerful word, a piercing word, a penetrating word, a precious word because it's God's holy word. Pope folks tried to kill the Bible didn't they? They're dead and the Bible still lives. And you get to eat it every day. Go find your master, feed you better than that. Radical food, abundant fortune, amazing family, awesome fulfillment. Everything you have, you got from him. I think he'd say, I have an incredible, incredible master. I think, secondly, if we ask him, tell him, why won't you go free? I think he'd say, I have an intense motivation, hmm. sincere devotion. The Bible says, if he came in by himself, this is what I call a sensible decision. He should go out by himself. <laughs> Here's the rule, buddy. If you leave. You can only leave and take what you had when you came. Say that again. I said, if you leave, you can only take with you what you had when you came. And I hate to bust your bubble, buddy. You came with nothing. And I'm not trying to get in your business. I'm just trying to get all up in your business. And I'm trying to tell you tonight, when you showed up to Jesus, you had nothing. Come on, let's be honest tonight. We had nothing to offer him and everything to ask from him. Nothing to lay at his feet and everything. We came with this sinful robe and he gave us a robe of righteousness. This is a sensible decision, buddy. It only makes sense to keep serving your master because if you leave your master, you're going to have to forfeit everything he gave you. Could I ask you something, teenager? Is leaving Jesus worth giving up all he's given you? Because in a couple months, the school will be over again. 
And the devil will come in like a flood come June and give you every reason not to come back in September or August. Oh, do I really want to go back there? Oh, put it with it. I tell you what, it was sure good this summer having all that freedom and having all that fun. Let me tell you something. We are too wicked for all that freedom. We don't need it. We can't afford it. Ask Lot what freedom did for him. Ask Demas what freedom did for him. Ask the prodigal what freedom did for him. Ask yourself what freedom's done for you. The best you ever did and the best time you've ever had is when the master was calling the shots. And then there's a stated declaration. If he shall plainly say, verse number five. Wait, 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 wait. I love my master. Here's what you got to plainly say. I'm here because I love him. Watch this. I like the house, but that's not why I'm here. And food's real good. That's not why I'm here. Well, I appreciate all of the perks that come with being here, but that's not why I'm here. Could I tell you something, young person? You can come to this school, but if you think you're serving God because you're in this school, it won't last. If you think you're serving God because of your church, it won't last. If you think you're serving God because of the perks, you won't last. Oh, I went to Christian school. I've grown up in a Christian home for as long as I can remember. Serving God is the only thing I'll do. I've, I've only known serving God. I'll never live a life outside of Listen to me. There's only one thing that will guarantee you in 30 years you'll still be serving. God. Here it is. You got to love your master. Nine years old, God called me to preach. And there have been times over the years when discouragement has come, and there have been times in the years when uncertainty has come, and there have been times of the years when frustration has come, and there have been times in the years when the devil's gotten on my very last nerve, and I thought it was the last, and he found five more nerves. Get on. Listen. My dad's the best Christian I've ever seen. My mom, I've never seen anybody love the Lord like she does. Three-time cancer survivor reads through the Bible some three or four times a year. Loves the Lord like nobody's business. But I'm telling you, I'm not serving God today because my daddy loves God, because my mama loves God, or because my grandmama said that boy got a head shaped like a preacher. <laughs> Somewhere along the line, Dr. Redland, I fell in love with Jesus. I found, out, I found out why mama said, give me cancer again if it gets me closer to God. I found out what took daddy to that prayer closet every morning for an hour. There were times we traveled, maybe you call it weird, but we would travel on vacation and we'd have to drive all night long and all day long. And daddy made a commitment to get on his knees every morning for an hour. And I can remember times driving on the road on family vacation. He told my mom, you drive. He put one of the kids in the front and there he was in the back seat, turned down on his knees, praying in the car. What makes a man do that? It's got to be more than some tradition that he learned from a Bible college. Somewhere along the line, he's got to love God. Young people, we're trying to get you in love with Jesus. If we can get you to love Jesus, we don't have to worry about following you around with rules for the rest of your life. You don't need us to give you rules if you have a real bona fide relationship. But unfortunately, we have to give you rules to keep you confined close enough to where you can actually catch a relationship with him. I love my master. 
Thirdly, I'm finished. I think you'd say I have incredible master, intense motivation. And lastly, I'll take an identifying mark. Okay. You don't want freedom? That's why I said. You gonna stay? That's why I said. Okay. Well, now that you've owned your provocative, I will not go out free. By the way, it never says the, the master said, come on, man, I can't believe all I did for you. You're going to leave me. I can't believe I gave you that house. You're going to leave me. I gave you a wife and now you got children. You got the nerve after all these years that I did for you. You're going to leave. It never says the master forced him to say, he said, I will not go out free. Nobody can make you serve God. You got to pick it for yourself. Own prerogative. Okay, you own it. Then the verse says, the master shall bring him to the judges. Okay. You say you're staying? Let's go to the courthouse and, and pledge it. See, own prerogative leads to open publicity. If you're serious about serving your master, go say it in public where everybody can hear it. I'll tell you what needs to happen on the campus of Pensacola Christian, Pensacola Christian College this semester. Some undercover Christians need to bust out of the witness protection plan. It's about time your Christianity had its secret blown. We're living in the days of undercover Christians and outright public brash sinners. The world brags on their sin. They showcase it. They post it. They, they, they brandish it all across. And we got Christians got to drop a napkin underneath the table and duck their head to bless their food so they don't have to get embarrassed among their friends. I pray for my food. I just pray while I'm down there picking up my napkin. Dear Lord, bless your food. In Jesus' name. Hey! <laughs> hey, I wonder how many I wonder how many servants right about now when the master said, oh, you serious? Let's go to the courthouse and pledge it. I wonder how many servants said, on second thought, if I've got to tell everybody. Oh, open for this. Watch this one. So now that you've pledged it. Yes, I have. Um, you're serious about staying? Absolutely. Well, come here. Okay. And uh, do me a favor. Bring your ear with you. Take a hammer. <clears throat> Let's take a sharp instrument. Let's drill a hole through your ear. Take a mark. I wonder if there's a baller on the basketball team at PCC this year who in a locker room full of guys that don't take Jesus serious enough to talk like it. I wonder if there's a fella who's cool, who can ball, who the guys actually look up to, who's willing to take a mark. See, where that guy went, they knew he was, he was, a, he was a servant. Open publicity, own prerogative. How about obvious pain? Were you hurt because you love Jesus? I'm talking to you students. Way up top, will you this semester take some heat for your master? Take it for our ball teams. We take it for our political candidates. We take it for our mama. You talk about my mama, I'm going to bust your mouth. You say my Lord's name in vain, it doesn't really bother me. Occupational permanence. He will serve him.
sitting at the house, maybe. The mama, three kids. I don't know, five-year-old boy, three-year-old daughter, one-year-old son, sitting around the dinner table. Hey, kids, it's mama. Yes, mama. Come here, let's pray. Okay, mama. What are we going to pray about, mama? Let's, let's pray your daddy comes home to her. Mommy, what do you mean? Well, children, according to the law, this is the seventh year. Seven years ago, daddy started working for the boss, and the law says daddy doesn't have to come home tonight. He can leave if he wants to. Oh, mommy, daddy's not. Well, no, I'm just telling you, kids. Daddy has the right to leave. I won't leave. You don't need to. No, mom, but let's pray he comes home. Door. Daddy walks in. I'm home. Honey, you came home. Daddy, you came home. Mommy said you could leave. Mommy said you didn't have to come back home. Mommy said your boss says you're free to go today. Yes, honey, I told the children we prayed you came home. We were were hoping you'd come home, but we weren't sure. Honey, there was never a doubt in my mind. I couldn't leave. I love my master. I love my wife. I love my children. Hey, look, look here. You click on it if you want to this semester. Throw away your chance to be where God called you. You think that freedom is worth it? Sleep through chapel, fool around, waste the resources invested in your life. Forget about all those people back home that are praying for you to get on fire for God this semester. You just come on down here and live free. Dozens have tried it before you and come to the same conclusion. I'm on record tonight. I'm on record. Forget freedom. I won't be faithful. Will you join me tonight? There's enough going for us with our incredible master, our intense motivation, and our identifying mark that every single one of us should say, I could. It's my right. But I will not go out free. You've been listening to a message from Pensacola Christian College Chapel. You're welcome to pass this sermon along to others. Please don't charge for it or alter it without written permission from Pensacola Christian College. For additional information about PCC, visit us online at pcci.edu. Pensacola Christian College, empowering Christian leaders to influence the world for Christ.